Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Crown Jewel post show. I'm a host, and this was quite the show. I enjoyed it very much. Not the best Crown Jewel that I've ever seen, but it did it did a good job. Further along some storylines, finished off a few, or at least I think they did. We'll find out come Raw and SmackDown if they have indeed completed their pay-per-views or their pay-per-views, their, um, their storylines. But let's see. We had eight matches on the card, including uh, in addition to uh, Bray Wyatt coming out and discussing uh, what he wants to do. Um, furthering his story, writing his story. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. But we'll get right into the action. Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, opening up this show. And when I found that out, I was like, oh, oh boy. Okay, so we're going to have ourselves uh, 10 to 15 minutes of complete carnage. And um, it wasn't even that long. It was was a six-minute match. And... Not going to lie, the ending of this was a little wonky. Bobby dominated the majority of this. Uh, Lesnar hit an F5 at one point, and Bobby kicked out, which I think is the first time somebody's kicked out of the F5 in... It's probably been at least a year, if not two, um, because Brock's just been like, all right, hits an F5, and that's the end of it. Kind of how it should be with finishers, but I digress. Um... Bobby locking in the hurt lock, not once, not twice, like three times in this match. Brock able to get not necessarily separated from it, but he was able to use his feet on the ropes, push Bobby back. They both fell. Brock fell directly onto Bobby. Bobby holding on to the hurt lock and the ref counts to three. Brock wins the match. And then after that, Bobby clearly not happy with the whole result goes and straps Brock into the hurt lock yet yet again, pretty much leaving him a, a mangled mess in the ropes. And it looks like Bobby won this contest, even though Brock technically did get the win. I fully expect this to continue. Uh, I don't know when exactly. You could go into Survivor Series for it. You could wait till the Rumble. Or we could wait all the way to WrestleMania, which I think would be a little too far at that point. If they would have done stuff like this, I would have expected it to start not before, but maybe around now to kind of bleed into the next things. But we'll see. Um, But after that match, things did take an upswing. At least I thought anyways. Uh, Our second match was for the Women's Tag Team Championship match. It was Damage Control challenging Miss Bliss and Asuka. Great match for the girls. Uh, I thought the ladies did a wonderful job here. Towards the end, however, uh, Miss Bliss on the top rope ready to do her Twisted Bliss to get uh, the win to retain her titles is interrupted by Nikki Cross, who comes out of nowhere. The ref being distracted currently by damage control. Uh, Nikki hits a uh, a twisting neckbreaker on the to- off the top rope and allows damage control to regain their women's tag team championships. Now, before this whole match started, they were interviewing uh, Miss Bliss and Asuka. And while Miss Bliss was speaking, Bray Wyatt's symbol had shown up on the television. And it 
it, <laughs> it popped the crowd. I was like, oh shit, when I was watching it, and it looked like it rattled Miss Bliss. And for those of you who remember, when Bray Wyatt left, she turned on him, causing Randy to beat him. And then we saw Bray the following night, and then he eventually was released after that. Now he's back. Who knows what's going to be happening? So it's very interesting. Uh, and of course, with, with Nikki Cross, I actually completely forgotten that she had spoken with Damage Control on Raw. So obviously there was some agreement between the group and with Nikki Cross. Um, after this whole thing, I, I now fully expect this to roll into... Survivor Series, and I expect them to be into war games. Uh, I, I truly do. Um, having Damage Control, Dickie Cross, and somebody else versus uh, Miss Bliss, Asuka, probably Bianca Belair, and two other people. Um, we'll see. Because it was confirmed that the Survivor Series war games matches will be 5v5. So it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, after that, we had a Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross with Scarlett, which was a surprise to have her there, but I was glad she was, um, with uh, in this steel cage match. Now, it was un unknown to all of us until after the fact that Drew McIntyre was actually fighting the flu during this match. Uh, and he made it known that he there was no way in hell that he was not going to have this match. And, uh, you know, he promised the crowd a good show and he's, he's going to go out there and he's going to do it. Uh, this was a fun match. Uh, I don't understand the, the hate that people throw on carrying cross. Does he need maybe a little bit more, I don't know, seasoning with charisma, mic work, maybe a little, but you know, Scarlet kind of makes up for that. And Cross's ring style is definitely, you know, it's, it's unorthodox, but it works for him. And I enjoy it. This was a great match. Uh, at the very end, Drew was able to escape the cage moments before Karrion Cross was supposed to, uh, with Scarlett's help, of course. Uh, Scarlett once again bringing out the mace, macing both Drew McIntyre and the referee at one point during this match. Um, but Drew was able to escape and get the win. Uh, so I believe they are now one and one, and I expect that rivalry to continue on towards our two survivor series uh, our next match is the judgment day versus the oc uh this was actually one of two matches that i actually did not get correct uh i expected uh, the oc to do something and be able to control uh the rhea ripley problem but that was not the case uh judgment day able to get the win because of Rhea Ripley being out there and causing complete and utter chaos because that's just what she does. After that, we had the Battle of the Monsters and the Giants with Braun Strowman taking on Omas. Omas looked really good in this. It was a little over seven minutes. Omas dominated seven minutes in like five seconds of this match. The other 15 seconds were Braun Strowman when Braun hit his running power slam and got the victory. Um, I I really enjoyed this. Omos really showed like he's giant. He's, you know, he's ridiculous. And of course, MVP not being there because of what happened on SmackDown and other, I'm sure, reasons uh, definitely helped Braun 
be able to not have that distraction and and be able to outlast uh, Omos and get that one get that one move in and get the victory. After that, we had our uh, WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championship match as the Usos took on the Brawling Brutes. This was a ridiculous match, probably the best match of the night, at least for me. Um, outlasting, well, I don't know. These last three matches were actually really, really damn good. Um, but the Usos outlasting the Brawling Brutes, hitting a Avalanche 1D from the top rope to retain their titles. And now they head on to SmackDown to face the New Day right before their title run becomes the longest ever. Now, there are reports that I believe it's Jay uh, might have a broken wrist after this match. Uh, so I'm not sure what's going to happen. There's lots of things that could go into this. I've read stuff that Sammy could take place. They could do like a, a free bird rule type of thing. And then they lose the titles on SmackDown just before the record. And it, I think that would be I think that would be fantastic to watch um, whether it actually happens. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. Uh, there's no con- no nothing confirmed. So we'll wait and see what happens. But if that is the case, this could be very interesting um, going forward. Our second to last match was for the Royal Women's Championship, the last woman standing match. History-making match in this one, as this is the first time there is a uh, women's match with a stipulation in Saudi Arabia. I I, I love this match as well. Um, like I said, this, these last three matches were, were outstanding. You could pay the, the full thing if you're watching on pay-per-view just for those last three matches. It would be worth it. These ladies went everywhere, <laughs> fighting and everything. Burying each other and stuff. Uh, there was one point where Bailey threw uh, Bianca into one of those backstage cases, and she popped out at the last minute and uh, and knocked Bailey across the thing. Uh, broken pixels as the case gets flying everywhere. They were fighting on top of a golf cart, uh, and Bianca driving Bailey all the way down to the ring. I swear, I thought she was going to hit the ring and. <laughs> Have Bailey go flying, but thankfully, obviously, safety in, in you know, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it, it don't want to kill people here, so uh, that didn't end up happening. But this ending was probably the most unique way I've ever seen any type of last man or woman standing match. Bailey gets trapped under a ladder, like in between the ladder, and Bianca slides the ladder under the bottom turn buckle. And Bailey's not able to push it up or out, and she's not able to escape before the 10 count. And that's how Bianca is able to retain her title. I thought it was such a unique ending. I pre- I loved it. Thought it was great. Um, but I think at this point, the title shot for Bailey is is done, but I don't think the fight between damage control and Bianca, Miss Bliss, and Oscar is done yet. Uh, I feel like there's going to be obviously a lot more going forward. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I feel like this is going to be one of those 5v5 matches going forward. After that, we had Bray Wyatt come out to address the fans, um, saying how he's not like the person he was before, talking about his Fiend character where he didn't feel any pain and he just ran through people, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he says that he wants to rewrite his story. But obviously, in the middle of this whole conversation, he's interrupted by Uncle Howdy, 
uh, on the Titantron, uh, saying that Wyatt's going to eventually uh, give in to his inner demons, and why should he hold out? He should just do it now. You're going to enjoy what happens, and it's such an intriguing storyline that's developing with him. Uh, obviously, we don't know who Uncle Howdy is. People think that it's going to be, you know, it could be Bo Dallas. It could be, you know, Bray's inner demon just giving and, you know, just trying to come out. And I don't know, but it's it's so much fun watching. So and look forward to SmackDowns a lot because of Bray and what might possibly be happening. Uh, and then, of course, our main event uh, Roman Reigns taking on Logan Paul for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. This match was batshit crazy. It was the longest match of the night, coming in at just under 25 minutes. Uh, I don't know what to say about Logan Paul other than this man knows what he's doing. Like, he he gets it, and it's insane for only being his third match how well he is doing. Um, I had had him somewhere between... Bad Bunny and um, Pat McAfee is like the best celebrity wrestlers to come in after this match. I have to put him number one and and it's insane. But Roman obviously retains his title. Uh, We had the Usos come in. We had Jake Paul come in. They even had some of the other members of Logan Paul's entourage get yanked into the ring and beaten up by the Usos. And we had this amazing splash from the top rope onto the commentator's table, Roman was laid on the table, and Paul jumped from the the top of uh, the top rope, and he was holding on to a camera, uh, a camera phone, an iPhone probably, and he's taking a video of him jumping, landing on Roman, and then kind of like dying afterwards. It was insane. I've watched this video a numerous amounts of times, and. He, he just, he was so flushed. They hit it perfectly. Um, what unfortunately ends up happening is Logan jumps out off the top or uh, over the ropes, takes out the Usos uh, while he's, you know, they're fighting with Jake, who also was almost going to be fighting with, with Solo Sequoia. So we're teasing that. So there's definitely more to the story here. But after that, Logan Paul runs back into the ring, is immediately hit with a Superman punch and then a spear and then the one, two, three, and that's the end of the match. Roman, the man deserved an Oscar after this. He gets out of the ring with the rest of the bloodline, Sands, Sami Zayn, for obvious reasons. He gets up halfway up to the ramp and Paul Heyman's holding on to both titles and you see Roman just kind of put his head in between both titles and just kind of sit there for a moment and you hear Paul talking about how everything is for you to our tribal chief we acknowledge you our tribal chief and and all of a sudden it looks like it, like it, it reinvigorates Roman and he just comes out and he just starts yelling at the crowd and tells Jake to take Logan back to UFC you know he doesn't belong here etc 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 and it was just phenomenal to watch uh we we then found out after the match that it looks like logan paul has torn his meniscus his mcl and his acl during the match and he's still finished so uh extra you know brownie points and balls to this man for being able to go in and getting the job done so overall like i said it was a good show i look forward to raw see what's going to be happening going forward we're full go full steam now into survivor series we got three weeks left but that's then we'll see you guys soon we have a special podcast 
on ETWH Hunger Slam that I went to Saturday night. Be a lot of fun. That one will be coming out Monday or Tuesday. And after that, we'll be having our pick show for both Full Gear and for Survivor Series. So look for those. And uh, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. Uh, we are so close to 10K followers. It's just insane that, that, that we're that close. Um, you can follow us also on Instagram at underscore above the ring and on Facebook at ship it above the ring. You can find myself pretty much everywhere at Scotty J stream. And you can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that is out there. If we're not a one that you're listening to, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. Then we can do all your one-stop podcast shopping and add a little bedlam to your day from above the ring. Again, my name is Scott. I am the man behind the Twitter of above the ring. Most importantly, though, please do not forget to ship it and join the bedlam. Have a good day. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.